Doug Swinbank's remix. Stock intro from the Savage. Way Good morning, guys. Welcome to the Suicide Bench. I'm Matt. And I'm Joe. We're two friends from the Midlands who are absolutely diehard Survivor fans. On tonight's episode, we're going to be breaking down week four of Australian Survivor, Titans vs. Rebels, with our very special guest, Doug Swingbanks from Survivor UK. So take your spot on the sit-out bench and let's get started. Welcome back to the sit-out bench, guys. We're super stoked to be covering Australian Survivor week four. Uh, me and Matt are not alone today. We are joined by a hero amongst men, a man who definitely knows what a meerkat is who can mobilise the island of Mull as a voting block, and who loves to put his towel on in the morning, go to Hadrian's Wall, and shout out, Freedom for the Scotland! We're joined by the one and only Doug Swinbanks. Doug, how are you doing? I'm doing so good. An honour to be on the sit-out bench, guys. This is big. I've been a big fan since, um, since the early days. All those months ago, so it's an absolute pleasure to be on here, and um, what a season of Australian Survivor, by the way. This is great television. Even if you're a casual fan of Survivor or never seen it, this is just so much fun. I 100% agree. It's been a a crazy, crazy couple of weeks. It's insane, actually, to kind of contrast what we're seeing right now in AU Survivor, and really excited to kind of get you on obviously a huge star of survivor uk in your own right you know probably one of the most strategic game players that we had found the first hidden immunity idol on survivor uk a huge milestone how are you finding watching australian survivor does it feel really familiar does it feel really different yeah do you know what It, it does feel familiar there were certainly elements of australian survivor that can can sort of correlate with what we did um, in Dominican Republic last year. And, you know, in terms of the challenges, um, you know, a lot of physical challenges that we did out there. Um, number of players, I mean, two tribes, I guess, are kind of the, it's different from the US when we have three smaller tribes. Very similar formats, but, I mean, the gameplay that's on show is 4D chess at the moment. It's, it's crazy, and... Going on some of the early boots, you know, in our season, I guess, if you were strong in challenges, it bought you a bit more time. And that was, I guess that was one of my kind of elements to my game plan was if you prove yourself to be a bit of a challenge asset, I'll buy you a bit more time in the game to operate. But look at the, like, Frankie, Tobias, Nathan, Viola, you know, early boots, absolute beasts. <laughs> it just, it just, it's all the more fascinating, you know, it kind of goes against the grain um, against our season to that extent, but fascinating, fascinating season. Hundred percent, man. Like Revenge of the Nerds, like Charles said. Like Revenge the, of the Nerds. Yeah, the <laughs> freaks and the it. weirdos band together, and we always outnumber the cool kids. Yes, <laughs> strength in numbers. Like. It, it has been the dream, and obviously throughout the first three weeks of Australian Survivor, we've been both super positive, Matt, and myself, in terms of what it's really given us. Matt, really interested. Week four's around. What were your overall thoughts on this week of Australian Survivor? So there were still some really good moments, some bits that I really enjoyed, some great character moments, some fun gameplay moves. Um, But for me, it was a little bit heavy on the twists. There was was quite a lot of different things going on. Uh, I don't want to twist every now and again, but one in every episode was a little bit 
much for me, especially when it had such an impact on the game. I totally agree. I mean, Survivor has elements of luck in it to some degree, but some of the twists that they pulled out, for someone like Charles, just if I was him, I would would be, I would would be quite pissed off to an extent. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It was it was a cruel twist of fate. I, I totally agree. For me, if this was like a Friends episode, I think like the title is "This is the one where things just change." Like <laughs> <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's 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 gone from being so high to honestly, you know, if I was going to give my overall feeling this week, I just feel kind of unenthusiastic a little bit about it. Like in the future, these are episodes that I'm probably going to skip. Yeah, that's probably. I'm probably just gonna pretend this week doesn't happen for me because the non-limbs were brutal in dragging down the momentum and the excitement that had been building up. And I do agree, Matt. Some really good ca- character moments, but agree with you, Tug, 100 as well. Some people got screwed over here, big time. Let's let's do a little uh, little rating game. Me and Matt had a uh, a debate on last week's episode where we said, "Is these tens? Are these nine point fives? Um, but let's try and figure out new scores from one to ten for episodes 10, 11, and 12. Doug, should we come to you first? If you were going to rate the episodes out of 10, what would you give each episode? Okay, disclaimer. I guess I'm going to set a bit of criteria here. I would say the episodes 1, 2, and 3 from week 1 are 10 out of 10 episodes. So I'm going to go off that sort of scale. That's the gold Um, standard. Yeah, I would say that's gold standard Survivor. Even episode 1 especially, mate, was just perfection. Yeah. Um, so let me just go back. To, I'm just going to jog my memory here. So the f- first one this week was the Charles Boot. Um, a seven and a half out of ten. Fair. Then the Alex Swap. Uh, you know, actually, actually, maybe possibly down to maybe a seven there. It's not as good as that Charles one. And then the last one was the, the Kelly Boot. Do you know what? It, it, it was amazing how they actually made quite an obvious boot quite dramatic and still had elements of suspense in it. Possibly, possibly again up at seven point five. But I mean, we're not reaching the same heights as week one and week week two to an extent. Solid episodes, but you know, I won't be in any sort of rush to watch them again. <clears throat> <laughs> I love that. Pretty solid scores, Matt. How do yeah. you see it? <clears throat> yeah, so I, I think I'm sticking with what I said to you earlier, which is the first one. I'd probably go eight out of ten. You know, I had issues with it from a production standpoint, but I did think the episode was really entertaining. The episode 11, I went as low as a 5 out of 10 for me. I just Ooh. thought the story that was being told didn't really pay off and was a bit confusing. And then just to have it be a non-a-limb as well was just not for me. <laughs> and then uh, episode 12, I gave it a 7 for me. I just thought, I just I just like Kelly. I like the Kelly storyline. I love the Kelly exit, but everything else was just fine for me. So that's why I gave that one a 7. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, actually, I... just just to blind, sorry, the the Kelly exit actually reminded me a little bit of uh, Lawrence's exit. To be fair, a little insider scoop. So Lawrence, uh, when he got uh, his torch snuffed, he tried to actually leave with the torch. No way! <laughs> <laughs> he, did he, did, he did it twice. <laughs> and Joe had to correct him. It was absolutely hilarious. So his memories were uh, flooding back when uh, when Kelly was left. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's crazy i i got strong vibes when she told everyone that, that amazing line it reminded me of the the mummy do you know that scene with um i think it's evie who's the lady in the mummy and she gets drunk and she's like oh but i am proud of what i am and what is that i am a librarian 
was like, I was like, this is Kelly's moments. <laughs> Possibly the the weakest reveal that anyone's ever given that they're a psychologist. <laughs> Which in itself is a little bit surprising, I must say. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I think she's had some caucus so far. I really, I'm skipping way ahead, but can we just talk for a second about the line? Nothing is certain, and that is certain. Yeah. Like, is that the type of medical advice that she's giving out? Like, just, I, I agree with you guys. I think there was a dip this week. I would give it sixes. Uh, actually, I'd go six five six for kind of the episodes this week. And maybe I'm a bit sour because I've just finished episodes twelve today. So maybe that's kind of factoring into it. But what I really felt is that throughout the first three weeks, there were what it felt to me like there were loads and loads of players in the game people who were playing strategically, people who were forming relationships. And what I felt this week is through that lens of kind of those non-eliminations, I started to see, actually, there's only a handful of people who are really playing. And then there's a lot of people that are kind of sliding into the background the longer they're there. Yeah, I think you have a point. I think when you have big personalities like Ferris and Kirby who are out there, they're very charismatic, openly running the show it's not a bad strategy to try and slide in behind them to be honest i know what you mean i mean someone like i guess eden who's who's actually sitting in quite a nice position certainly in week one i i saw him very much as a sort of puppeteer him and mark sort of very much controlling the strings but he might, he's maybe dropped off the face of the show a little bit but you know it could be his his time could certainly come with this mayor's tribe potentially with with kind of your experience from kind of survivor uk People like Scott and Raymond, who who are hiding behind Ferris and Kirby, and they're not at the forefront. Do you think it's possible for them to ever recover? You know, in, as we look ahead to kind of merge next week, or do you think actually that's just not how the game works? Yeah, it's difficult now. You know, and when you're building a CV to to go in front of a jury, you start. You need to start doing something. You know, or you're just going to get caught out. You don't want it. You don't want to fall into that goat category. I guess you've got to have some sort of resume behind you. Great for self-preservation potentially, but you've got to sort of start playing the game um, and start sort of, you know, leading some conversations, pulling a few strings potentially. Yeah, I would say they need to maybe get their finger out now. I mean, we're going into quite a large tribe. There's 14 names there, and you can you can seize quite a large control of that if if you want to. You can sort of break away and start your own thing, and um, with so many numbers there. Hopefully that, that occurs, you know, and we're not still seeing the same sort of patterns unfolding from the, the I guess, pre-merge, pre-swap and the same sort of characters orchestrating conversations, I guess. See, I think it's more of an editing issue than an actual, like, playing issue. Like, if we look at this week's episodes, like, Ferris, Kirby, Mark, Caroline, they got, like, 80% of the confessionals. So I think part of the reason why it feels like people aren't playing is because they're just not really showing them us at all. And like everyone will have their own strategies for what they're doing, but like we get Eileen for one episode, we get Rihanna for when, that scene where she finds an idol. So it's like other people are only shown when what they're doing is important to the game. The rest of it is just they get nothing. Previous winners of Australian Survivor and their sort of edits that they had, I mean they have sort of been quite consistent edits through. Maybe Shane back in season, maybe that was thousand. No, that was season two, was it not, when she won Shingle? Yeah, Champions versus Contenders won. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think maybe, maybe I guess with 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 her edit, she only really started coming in to play in kind of her arc, and um, once the merge happened, and she got rid of uh, I think it was Lydia. 
which is quite a huge move. And then it really started ramping up for her. So it could be, it could be, you know, edit, edit, editing um, decisions. But uh, it'll be interesting to see next week anyway. Hundred percent, yeah. And, and editing is definitely one thing that's has been kind of you're right inconsistent for Australian Survivor, especially over the last few seasons. Um, but it wasn't just the editing that had us kind of pausing for thought this week. Uh, we're going to move into a segment that we like to call "Let's Mull It Over," um, <laughs> where we need to talk. <laughs> we we need to talk about Ferris, and the question on everyone's lips is: What is the statistical likelihood of those non-eliminations being planned weeks ago <laughs> in contrast to him being saved by production. Matt, I know you have really strong thoughts on this, Matt. <laughs> let's let's be honest. Don't hold back because we have a guest on. Give, tell me your true feelings, <laughs> your true self. <laughs> I just think it can't be a coincidence that the non-elims of twists have only happened on episodes where Ferris is about to go home. And it's like one in the middle and then three in one week. I just think, come on. And if they did plan it like that, then, you know, that's just bad planning anyway. So <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's difficult to say, isn't it? You know, I, I, I like to think it was fair. You know, Ferris is always clearly a great character and carrying a lot of the show. I love watching the guy. He's a strategic behemoth and he's, he's great television. You know, I think it, he would like to think it's all in his own merit. And I, I'm going to believe that as well. You know, you can't get to this stage purely on luck alone. You have to put in the, the, the groundwork and make the connections and have your loyal following and make those right decisions. And he's made some brilliant plays. You know, it took in the last episode, it, it, it took some balls not to play his idol. Would I have maybe played the idol I've had in my pocket <laughs> knowing that you're potentially so close to our merge? It's, it's yeah, you know, it, I, I'm going to say fair. I'm going to say fair. I'm going to stand by that. Okay. Well, I'm going to tell you why you're wrong. <laughs> no, I'm just playing. You're the expert, you know. So, okay, definitely has weight. I, I just think the Kirby-Ferris dynamic is just giving so much. Like, it's it's carrying at this point, like, 60% of the show, just how, like, passive-aggressive they are to each other. And, and I do think the kind of the non-eliminations, they were so different, especially that episode 10 non-elimination. I don't think I've ever seen something like that where a non-elimination can give both individual immunity to three people and make them like the sole decision makers in like the whole vote. And and that, that kind of weight that they were giving to it just made me feel, Ooh, is this, is this what they'd always thought about doing or are they trying to manufacture that drama or create an environment where, you know, it could continue because let's be honest, tossing bean bags onto a box it's not exactly like a specialist skill that Ferris no. has as kind of a HR professional. You know, that's, that does, doesn't really happen. But at the same time, the amount of power that's attributed to it, it just made me think maybe they aren't fixing it, but they're happy with the outcome that they've got. Well, on the flip side of that, Joe, I guess it, Australia Survivor, there are non-elimination episodes reg- scheduled in regardless, you know. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to disagree with you. I'm going to keep the magic alive inside me. whereas the the magic died for me years ago (laughs) (laughs) oh man okay well let's get into it then let's go scene by scene with all of the spicy bits in between um and we kick off matt in episode 10 yeah so we start off at the the tyson's tribe and we get the reaction to Garrick's blind side. I thought it was quite interesting that uh, Kirby was saying how it was kind of obvious that that's who they were voting for 
mean, A, why did they make it obvious? <laughs> and B, is she trying to, like, is that just, like, taunting Ferris, being like, you should have played that idol, it was clear, like, why did you do that? Or, or was it actually kind of obvious that it was happening? And I thought, on top of that, Ferris being confused about who voted for who, that was mind-blowing, because it, you're right, Doug, what you said earlier, he's so strategic. How has he not realised that the Titans have flipped on him by this point? I still maintain, though, for me, he was not playing that idol for Garrick as a strategic move, rather than a deer caught in the headlights. I think he's... he's... He's more smart than he's letting off. I don't think he'd be caught in the, a deer in the headlights, certainly, you know. I think he's he's a type of player who would consider all options. I think he's probably just fooled. He's probably just, again, just thinking the OG Titans were on his side of the fence. I think maybe Kirby got there first. But that was a shame. I, I really liked Garrick. You know, I thought he was such a great character. Definitely elements of peg leg, um, for sure. <laughs> you know, someone who's a bit older, really, really strong. Um, puts a lot of emotion into the game and uh, is, is, is a loyal character, you know. So um, I'm, I was very sad to see Garrett go. I loved how he, could, he always said he could smell a rat, which is a great saying. <laughs> I haven't heard that saying in years. And it, it felt to me as well like Ferris lost his number two, or his number one, I should say, and wasn't really able to replace them in some ways. I know we're going to see Matt Eileen try to fill that void, but it felt like it. this is a really significant turning point in Ferris's whole game. Yeah, absolutely. I think Garrick was kind of like part the main part of the, the wall that had been built between Ferris and Kirby's sides here, because we do see that they have quite a few conversations and, you know, they don't agree to work with each other, but they, they kind of keep going up to each other and be like, if we worked with each other, <laughs> this might happen and that might happen. So I think... You know, he was willing to test the waters at that point because he could see that he's running out of people to deflect the vote onto if the votes keep coming his way. On the other side, we have the Rebels tribe and Mark and Carolina trying to figure out, you know, can we work with each other again? And Doug, you very well in Survivor UK flipped between different alliances when you swapped over to Calaton. So what's the kind of that secret there where you haven't voted with someone before or maybe you're trying to rebuild an alliance? What's the best way to kind of go about that? Yeah, so this is so interesting. This is a this is a really interesting little dynamic in Australian Survivor with Mark and the Middle Aged Mafia. Myself and Peg were in a were in quite a, a lucky situation when we got flipped over because um the way I we pitched it to the OG Calatons was you know, we're two guns for hire here. We're two votes. Um and it's just I guess it is finding that crack and exploiting it in our case it was shine lawrence who wanted to change the narrative and we pitched our two votes to them and then that worked and what that sort of did was um it locked in it locked in shine lawrence's votes for the next round because they needed to finish the job they needed to get rid of nathan so they can complete their takeover of calton nathan was a loyalty player he wasn't going to go down without a fight his his last action at that stage was i'm going to put shy's name down and that that's that just for my own sort of morality so that's three votes of the five that are counted for and me peg again could just flip between them both what you just have to, to keep emotions out of it and pitch your case and not get tied down and kind of let remind people this is a game and it kind of ties back into what to, to garrick's sort of role i mean we touched on it earlier there, i don't think there's any any reality where garrick would have worked with kirby ever and he was so loyal and i think that's probably one of the reasons why he got booted out i think i could see ferris and and uh, kirby working together um in the future potentially but um 
you just got to have that flexibility to change your mind. No, but not not in a sort of a flippy way, I guess. But to benefit your game and to think that extra step ahead. I really like that, and I, and I think that is that that flexibility and that non-emotion part for me. That's what Caroline is showing really well in some ways, or at least at the start of episode ten, that she can be take the emotion out in order to do what's best for the middle-aged mafia. But she definitely has this point around whether she can t- trust Rihanna or not. And I didn't really see this coming, Matt. I thought Riri was pretty safe. Yeah, I thought she might have proved herself by, even though she was offered an easy out, she then continued to vote for Mark anyway. I thought that would have been enough to show Caroline and Kitty that, you know, she was with them. But maybe it's this relationship that she has with Kirby, which is causing Caroline a bit of concern here. Uh, We know Caroline wants to be the leader of the Alliance. We know that she wants to call the shots. So maybe the idea of going to work over with Kirby when she knows that, from Kelly that there's sort of two factions over on that tribe. Maybe she's a bit nervous about that as well. And she's got to start to be sort of bean counting a little bit as well. I think she's really aware of the blowback that's going to happen from that Viola votes, how that's going to play out. And it's, it's bean counting, isn't it? Are they going to be with me? Are they going to be with them? How many people do I need to cut out? But it definitely wasn't as awkward as Eileen being iced out by the newly formed Titans. That was just hard to watch when she's trying to pitch her case to Kirby. <sighs> And just getting flipping nothing back. That was, that was a brutal watch. Oh. It's the fact that she was trying so hard as well. She's like, please, I can work with you. You can be my vote. And then they were just not giving her anything. Eileen's <laughs> I, such an intelligent player. She's, I think she's clearly done a lot of work coming into um, this season. You know, knows how to you know, count the numbers, pitch her case, you know, present different arguments to different people to further herself in the game. I'm really, really impressed with how she's doing this, you know, and um, if she can, she has a really good case if she gets to Tribal Council, playing from, really from the bottom for a lot of this sort of uh, pre-merge um, stage of the game and surviving and doing well in challenges when needs to and... Um, really digging it out it's 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 very impressive yeah in contrast to like scott and ray who stayed in the board in the sort of the backgrounds yeah. eileen is going on an arc man her arc is oh, like yeah. phew, straight up the bell curve i did really like as well the immunity challenge this week thought that kind of swerved up into a really great move obviously the challenge itself i don't know how best to describe this matt huge assault course with some uh, balance beams yeah, and... and then you build a big net and then throw a ball into a net. It was very weird. It was one of those where it's like throw anything but the kitchen sink in it. Let's let's just talk about the very end of it. Because at the very end, the main part of the challenge, like you said, you have to throw some balls from the platform into the nets. I think there were six balls that were there. And holy hell, like, as Sabrina Inuneski would say... If you can shoot, you can shoot. And um, it, it, it doesn't matter um, if you're a girl or boy. Like, I don't think you could have planned this better than on NBA All-Star Weekends, the three-point contest with Caitlin Clark becoming the WNCAA all-time scoring point leader, for Jaden to hit those threes. He's on fire! fire, man. It was so good. <laughs> oh, and I'm a firm believer in the hot hands. Like, I, I don't think it matters if that net was big, if that net was small. I fully believe that he was going to make every shot. And it was just an incredible moment of TV. Like, never to be replicated. It reminded me a little bit of Lee, I suppose, with his hammers in Survivor yeah. UK. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, it's funny watching that challenge um, when with Jaden uh, throwing them in. I think it was something to do... It was a very impressive throwing. I think they held they held the net um, at, a, at, an, at a bit of an angle 
that just allowed the balls to, to sort of settle in. I think a lot of the times when the Titans were throwing them in, um, they actually just bounced out the back. I think um, the the holders of the net just had the, the right angle for Jane just to keep nailing them in. Great comeback. Emotionally devastating for the other yeah. tribe. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely gutting. <laughs> they were so freaking far ahead. And then just to like, to scorch them in like that. Oh, yeah. it was... Did you guys you see think? that um, Jaden's been offered a, a place on the WWE after this uh, challenge as well? <laughs> yeah. This is crazy. I, I couldn't believe when I saw the pictures of him <laughs> showing the scouting thing. Of, But that just feels right to me, though. I could see him as a giant sort of, you know, a larger Rey Mysterio, maybe. <laughs> nice. <laughs> have, the, uh, have the WWE reached out to you as well, Doug? Is that... You know, I'm, still <laughs> awaiting my, I'm still awaiting my wrestling contract. <laughs> My phone, my phone's right here, ready for it. You know, I thought after um, wrestling with Nathan, I would have had calls coming out of my ears, but no dice, unfortunately. Is if you're listening, yeah. you know where I am. WWE producers, friends of the pods, give Doug a shot. That's all he's asking for. It's just a shot. Put me in, coach. <laughs> brilliant it's really really good great great challenge great uptake from last week and it puts us into then a crazy scramble yeah so so we see the the val charles and winner contingent meet up with kirby and the plan seems to be to split three three between eileen and ferris obviously they know that ferris probably maybe has an idol and they, they want to try and avoid that the best they can so uh chucking the rest of the votes on eileen here pretty simple but straightforward and Guaranteed to work unless there's a twist where only three people can vote. <laughs> yeah. I, I thought the most interesting part of this scramble is, well, there's kind of two things. One is that I think Charles gets next to no screen time beyond telling Eileen we're just going to be 20 more seconds. But also how dismissive they were of Eileen. You know, they clearly like needed her votes in order for this to work well. And it just felt like instead of saying, we'll come and get you later, you know, wait for us to finish our conversation before we talk to you. They should have just included her straight away. Um, and I wonder if that that kind of attitude is part of the reason that we're going to see later that she decides not to go with them. Yeah, it didn't even it even rolled over into tribal council where there was you know some I'm, the comments cut to the bone quite tight. You know, when I was when I was playing the game, you have to be open with with everyone. You know, you can't be shutting down, you can't be closing doors and dismissing people like that. I think you have to sort of be open to these sort of conversations. You can pick up a bit of information here and there to sort of paint the overall picture. And maybe the battle lines were drawn in the sand so deep that there was just no way of ever flipping on anything, you know? But uh, yeah, I've, I've did fail for Eileen, you know, she's just doing her best, but she got the last laugh in the end, I guess. So uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> more power to her. Yeah, I really feel like the way they spoke to Eileen and like pushed her out of the conversation, I think the double agent plan could definitely have worked. But I think by the time Tribal rolled around, she just kind of felt like this doesn't feel like I'm actually the double agent. This just feels like they're telling me to get Ferris to not play his idol. So I think she kind of saw through that whole plan. Yeah, I think the whole part I found really bizarre as well from Valeria, where she's like really pressing her. Have you seen the idol? Do you know that the idol's there? To me, there's no incentive for Eileen to lie 
about Ferris having an immunity idol. Like, because you're going to split the votes regardless, like whether you think he has it or whether you know he has it. So why, it just didn't make sense why they were so persistent on go and get him to show you the idol and then we'll trust you because it makes no difference. You know, you split the votes regardless. It's always a good thing to split the votes, I think. Yeah, it just, and the whole hair up, hair down thing. To me, that was a I was attached too far. That was like blood versus water, socks up if you're in trouble, socks down if you're fine. Like, yeah, it was, it was too much. <laughs> that was it. Uh, was that um, Mark and Sam's little uh, little plan? Yeah, I. It was either Mark and Sam or um, Jordy and his less famous brother. That's interesting. I remember I listened to a, a podcast with which had Mark on it, and I think they were doing something like that where you. If if he's wearing a hat or your hair is tied up, then I need an idol or you're in trouble or something. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just next level, next level. Things on Survivor is just fascinating, <laughs> fascinating. Let's talk about um, Raymond and Kelly then, because uh, this is sort of set, set up in this episode, but obviously pays off later in episode twelve, which is where uh, Raymond gets his first confessional since the first episode, and uh, he says, "I don't think Eileen has much of a future when this is finished." <laughs> Which was insane. That is cold. Genuinely, do you think about in confessionals, this is going to be aired on TV? Is that in your head? Or do you just get to a stage where you're like... (laughs) Dude, honestly. (laughs) And I I made some people forget about this. (laughs) Because this stuff is getting filmed. You you don't want to to be too brutal about people like this, you know? But yeah, that was cold. I've been trying to think of some sort of old alternate meaning about that comment or I don't know but I think I think I saw posts on Instagram where everything's sort of water under the bridge I guess yeah <laughs> but I remember I was thinking oh Ray <laughs> it's it's very bold of Ray the uh the GameStop <laughs> you know the game the GameStop cashier to be to be hating on the venture capitalist like the wealth manager <laughs> Yeah, but I, I do like the whole Ray Kelly dynamic. They've been so tight since the very beginning of this game. I, I really wanted them to stay together because they're just they're just such an unlikely quirky duo. Um, but I do think you're right, Matt. This sets up well, doesn't it? A bit of foreshadowing around what's going to happen in the future. Yeah, I think it's a shame we didn't get to see it more because it's kind of interesting how they're both in different alliances, but they're still trying to work together and feed each other information. But we just didn't really get much of it at all. <laughs> yeah, we did get a bit of Ferris talking about actually trying to sell Kirby on the plan. Let's stick together. Let's get rid of an OG Titan. Um, heel turn, maybe. You know, <laughs> we, we hate each other. We love each other. We hate each other. Actually, let's get out of the Titan. Um, I didn't put a huge amount of stock in this. I think he knew that he was very much on the outs and it was almost just kind of a filler conversation, maybe. Um, it wasn't, it was never going to lead to something meaningful. You've got to try, though. I guess you know it's, it's what you would be doing. You know, if if you if you know the numbers are stacked up against you, it's a card you should be you should be playing. I guess to try and steer the conversation in a certain direction that favours you. Um, yeah, not surprising that 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 was sort of was was brought up. I guess. Yeah, and that takes us then really nicely into tribal council. And I'm I'm sat on my couch at home. I see we've still got half an hour of TV before we go to tribal council. I'm I'm pretty excited. I'm thinking live tribal, which you know is my personal fi- favorite type of tribal council. And the fi- <laughs> the fireworks start pretty much straight away. 
and Matt, your your Russian accent's much better than mine. How would you? Yeah, uh... <laughs> <is it low? laughs> uh, Eileen is very quick to let people know. I'm not with you, Russell. <laughs> I'm not with you. <laughs> I'm with the OG rebels, and I think we should band together in order to get out some of these OG titans. I love this from Eileen. Very bold move. Make your pitch. Muck stuff up. Why not? <laughs> but Valeria does not respond in kind, Matt. How would you... Uh, do you want to do the impression? <laughs> I'm not doing the impression. <laughs> oh, but yeah, but Valeria... It was an interesting approach how she sort of framed it as, oh, you're just following Ferris and he's telling you what he can and can't do. I, I, I didn't see how this sort of related to the current situation i just thought she felt like having a dig just to sort of prove her allegiance to, to kirby's side maybe yeah i think so aileen straight away she she pitched to to kirby's relation alliance to go for a titan i think she maybe might have seen the writing on the wall and it might have been like a, a last ditch attempt to you know try and muster something up but you know if if you're in valeria's shoes you, you want to stamp that you want to stamp that out quite quickly and you want to sort of, this is someone here that's trying to, I guess, rock your plan last minute. You came in with a sort of solid game plan to get you through comfortably. You're thinking a few steps ahead and, um, you know, quite right for it to be aggressive and uh, to snap back, I guess, because, um, you know, you want to <laughs> you want to stick to the plan. You don't want things to change very last minute because you don't want to be scrambling. You could be collateral damage. But, um no, it was fair. You know, tribal, this is what tribal council is for. You've when your back's against the wall, you've got to make your pitch. You've got to you're you're fighting for your life. You're saying the right things, in my opinion. Yeah, that's just the beginning of the the carnage. Too, too many people go down not swinging. I think they just kind yeah. of you're right. They they accept their fate and they just go, oh, it's not with me, whatever. But I like that she she put up a fight. I wasn't a fan of Charles sort of in the moment saying. Now that you said that, Eileen, we can never work together again. <laughs> you know, because the plan here is a split, right? There's a chance that on the revote, let's say Ferris doesn't play his idol, I would imagine they would vote out Ferris on the revotes. And so Eileen could stay in the game. And so for him to so definitively just be like, well, now that you've said that, you're dead to me. Like, you know, don't talk anymore. It was like, unless, way too unless hard. He's, unless he's just sort of shoring up his allegiance to Kirby and. You know, just making it very crystal clear that, you know, Kirby, I'm on your side here. You know, mm. I'm, I'm shutting this down quite quickly. Um, let's move forward together as as that sort of six, um, and uh, put this business behind us. Could be something like that, but you know, it, is, it does work two ways. It does end up sort of biting a bit, but you can't really foresee that. You know, yeah, it's very unfortunate. Yeah. Very, very, very unfortunate. I think probably what you could foresee though was was Valeria's comments about. Ferris's leadership style was <laughs> was was never going to be well received, you know. <laughs> to say that kind of you know he doesn't listen, that he talks down to them. I think that was raw emotion there, just like a frustrated person on the beach, just just being honest, authentic. Yeah, yeah. And I, guess, I guess. Sorry, uh, Matt. I guess you. No, I don't know how many days we're into this game now. You do get frustrated more. You know, in those conditions, your temper does. You know, you're 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 a bit short with people, and you're not quite as bright eyed and bushy tailed as you were on day one. Um, I was certainly when I was I, I was 24 days into UK Survivor, and I was my temper was definitely getting a bit shorter, and I was, um, you know, not quite as uh, enthusiastic as smelly as I was in the, in the first <laughs> week. 
<laughs> starving, you know. So, um, the, you know, you, you forget about it, but the the, the conditions and the, the starvation really do impact your decision-making and, and the conversations that you have, and um, you get frustrated far more quickly. You know, I think it, it kind of worked out for in terms of keeping Kirby on their side, I think. So uh, let's talk about the twist. <laughs> we talked about it a bit already, but is there anything anyone else wants to add about it? I guess... It was it for me. It was the title of "Earn Your Vote." Is that is that is is that? Ta- I've heard that before in a US season. Is that something that they sort of do? Where you earn? I, so, I think so. Some earn the merge, or you sort of earn your right to play. I don't know if that's just taken straight from a US concept potentially. Because I don't think I've yeah, seen. So I don't you... think they've used the, the earn to vote in their previous seasons of Australian Survivor. I'm not entirely sure. Yeah, I don't think so. So in the in the US, like the new era. One of the things they do is just like take away people's votes for no reason continuously all the time <laughs> to right. like try and cause chaos, which you know a lot of fans aren't uh, the biggest fans of. But yeah, I hope that's not sort of leaking into uh, Australian Survivor as well. Yeah. In a crazy world, I actually understand the US more because it felt fairer, you know, when they take away the votes. Maybe not when it's um, the auction, and you know, if you're the last person yeah. with money at the auction, you lose a vote. But you know, some of those other challenges, there was more of an opportunity. I felt. For me, the main problem with the twist, obviously they go to do a challenge, the first three people get individual immunity and they get to vote, is just just how powerful that was. So in terms of other non-eliminations that they've done on Australian Survivor before, you know, give me Dead Man Walking, give me uh, Redemption Islands, give me... um, Someone swapping over maybe as a or what we've seen already on Titans versus Rebels as kind of a, a a decoy an undercover agent. This was just like the most powerful non-elimination I think that has ever happened across any franchise. It was it was some serious 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 welly to go down from nine people to three people voting. I think that's what just made it feel so crazy is because as a player you just you can't prepare for that and you can't prepare for a lot of things, but. You know, that just felt so drastic. It kind of, it de-incentivized people, I think, from kind of, from taking risks in a way, because now the fear is, oh, there's going to be this huge non-elimination that's going to screw up my game. So actually it's better just to kind of play a safe middle and not be screwed by a twist down the line. Yeah, I wonder if they, I wonder if it would have worked better if um, they did sort of what they did in, in Heroes versus Villains, where... Yeah, the fire challenge, and you just win individually. I think Simon won that one. You yeah, win individual yeah. immunity. So rather than um, you know you're playing for vote, you're playing for maybe an individual immunity, maybe two or three players, and the rest of the tribe then votes. So you sort of, sort of still have you still have that element of strategy across both alliances, rather than lump the entire the entire tribal on three <laughs> people, or or if um, at a revote stage, everyone joins back in. Mm, oh, I like that. Yeah, that would have been spicy. Yeah, that would have been spicy. Yeah, I think it would have felt a lot more fair if it was just immunity, and then Ferris Island and Kirby got immunity, and Ray just went home based on the fact that he was the other person to be voted out. That would have felt like it made more sense than what we got. Yeah. In terms of what we did get, though, wow! Like for Eileen huge huge moment and i loved when they came back in and ferris was like let's have some fun with this and i was waiting for ferris he he kind of did it where he was like saying to them you know make your pitch i would have loved to have seen him use that moment to try and turn them on each other it was a lot of fun if you're ferris and 
Ferris and Eileen, you go from being on the bottom with nothing to suddenly you're the decision makers. Just the power in your hands and you can sort of play with your food to an extent, you know? (laughs) (laughs) I wonder if... um, Because obviously... I'm kind of skipping ahead of it. Winner was trying to get the votes onto himself so he could play his idol. I wonder if if he didn't initiate that sort of direct the votes onto me, if they would have actually split, mm-hmm. or if or they would have maybe just gone for the just the two onto Charles or the two onto Winner, or maybe Winner maybe kind of goading them to to vote onto himself. Maybe the light bulb switched, and then they realised, okay, we should maybe actually go one one here potentially just to negate that idol. So you mean, Doug, that you weren't convinced by Winner's great Oscar-worthy <laughs> acting? Of... <laughs> you can tell he's a TikTok star and that it's all fake. <laughs> That's so bad. I'm going to try and get all the votes onto me. Proceeds to make the politest statement ever. <laughs> I'm not saying you should vote for me. I'm just saying, you know, I did say vote you out first. <laughs> you know, yeah. Take saying, what you will. Yeah, I'm just saying there's easy votes here. Putting them on to be nothing bad will happen ever. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, I think you'd be better off just not saying anything and just playing the idol for one of them and just hoping for the best. Yeah. Like, how flippin' well does Kirby know Ferris? Like, Worldy reads to know that he was going to go Fer- know that he was going to go Charles. So I, I totally agree. I think if he says nothing, they load up on Charles. And as long as Winner listens to Kirby... This could be totally, totally different. Yeah. Um, Ray could be going home. But to, this was one of the revealing moments for me about Winner in terms of his gameplay. I was kind of on the fence about Winner. I thought maybe he could be something. I'm now convinced that he's not going to be something in this game, you know, <laughs> because that, that selling job was just, yeah, it was, it was hard, hard watch. A little bit maybe of Chris, Chris coming back trying to convince people that he's got an idol, whilst Doug has already told everyone he's got. (laughs) Don't don't remind me, guys. Sends shivers down my spine every every night before I go to bed. I think about what I could have done differently in that situation. (laughs) (laughs) Another time, perhaps we'll chat about it in depth. Dive. Matt, in, in real time, were you calling for them to split the vote? Honestly, no, because like with two people voting, like it didn't even occur to me that they could split the vote. But I do love a minority split vote, so I was very excited to see this <laughs> get pulled off here, and it just works perfectly. So I just thought it was the best strategy they could have caught with. Yeah, 100%. Ultimately, it leads, unfortunately, to Charles being the next person voted out of the game. Uh, let's do a quick in-requiem of Charles. Uh, Doug, how are you going to remember Charles? Yeah, I like Charles coming into the game. Very... You don't anymore. I kind of, when I went, the, after the first week, I maybe saw him operating a bit closer with um, Mark and Eden. It, just didn't, it didn't quite materialise. Maybe the swap sort of, yeah, I guess the swap put him in another tribe, but it, it, was, it was more sort of Mark and Eden and that middle-aged mafia, and then Charles was, wasn't really attached to it as much as, Maybe the edit suggested. Clearly did a lot of work coming into the game. Quite a smart guy. Ultimately was screwed by uh, a cruel twist of fate. Um, We'd like to see him back for sure. And uh, yeah, you can definitely hold his, his head high. I think he, 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 did, he, did, he, did, he did pretty good. No, I was, uh, I was disappointed to see him go. I really feel that. Great gameplay. I think definitely screwed over by the twist here. Um, I'm always going to remember his goose shirt. You know, yeah, that's... Like the goose <laughs> Have you guys played that game, by the way? 
Only once. Once, like I. <laughs> yeah. I've seen videos of it. It looks really. You're just like a you're a goose running around causing carnage, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> I, th- I think the one time I played, the the main objective was to like trap someone in like a shop window and just like hold them there. <laughs> What's it called? This goose game. I think it's the the unnamed goose game. I think it is. Yeah. The un- the untitled goose game, maybe. That's <laughs> Oh, Matt, for you, how are you going to remember Charles? Yeah, pretty much the same. Someone who had potential but was completely screwed over by the twist that he couldn't have really done anything with. So I think it's a shame because I think he could have gone quite far in the game. Yeah. Rock and roll. Let's power on then to episode 11. Uh, Matt's written the show notes here. I'm going to call him out here. He's got at the top here. Bit of a nothing episode. Matt, justify. <laughs> uh, maybe it's because it's a non-limb, but like for me, nothing really massive happens. Like they set up a vote, but then they're like, maybe we shouldn't do the vote. And then Jaden's confused, and it looks like he's going to mess it all up. And then at Tribal, they're like, it's a non-limb, and then nothing happens. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? We had Jaden's holiday. We had the sacrifice of Charles Socks. We have some <laughs> huge moments in the game. Yeah. <laughs> it was giving me strong um, uh, the fire burning ritual for Lawrence's pants. Um, yes, vanilla sexy pants. <laughs> uh, but. There is a really interesting point as well that came out around Eileen, whether or not we can trust her for being a flipper. Um, yeah, interesting. When she interesting did not Kirby. flip specifically. <laughs> in, I know, I'm pretty sure Kirby in the very first vote for the Rebels, did she not go against, did she not go against the green and flip back to the Cuddle Crew? Yeah. 100%. Just, again, it's, yeah. I mean, this is, this is the problem that, you know, um, not a problem, but something that you identified in uh, UK Survivor is this the demonising of gameplay, <laughs> demonising of playing the game. Yeah, I mean that's for another time. But uh, <laughs> I, I certainly wouldn't call Eileen a flipper. No way. Um, just doing what she has to do to survive. When I think flipper, I think like nineties film. <laughs> that's, that's what you think, isn't it? <laughs> I think like uh, Will. From Gen X versus Millennials, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like so, he, that was a guy who just his whole plan was, I'll vote with you, and then I'll go to this side and vote with you, and then I'll vote with you, and he was a real scallywag <laughs> about that. I think Eileen is is very far from a flipper here. If anything, she's just bedrock OG rebel. You know, can't <laughs> <Yeah>. be shaken. <laughs> yeah. oh. When when do you feel Matt? someone becomes a flipper <laughs> do you think so i think they have to be and so i think the og like a big flipper is probably like someone like cochran where he's on the one tribe they're treating bad so he flips to the other tribe and then so it's someone where by choosing to flip to the other alliance they're sort of dooming that alliance and they're doing it out of a place of I don't know there can't be too much strategy behind it because at the end of the day you're going to be at the bottom of the other alliance when you flipped over so I think it's someone who's a bit wishy-washy someone who's a bit like oh now I'll vote with these people now I'll vote with these people but I don't think necessarily 
I don't know. I don't think it, like a strategic flipper is necessarily quote unquote a flipper. If you know what I mean, like it's, I think there has to be some level of just like nervousness about the person's <laughs> gameplay. Everyone has to flip at some point, you know. Yeah, you you can't win the game without flipping. I don't think. Mm. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, it's it's just myself and Peg were classic flippers when we got to Caledon. <laughs> Definition. <laughs> You know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it shouldn't be it shouldn't be demonised the term. I don't think you know. It's just yeah. um, especially for someone like Eileen, who's done the majority of who's kind of been playing from the bottom for a lot of the game and trying to find your inroad and trying trying to build something. You, you you wouldn't necessarily class that as as flipping, you know. Um, yeah. And she's you know a lot of times she's trying to unite. She's, she's kind of putting forward arguments of let's just stay rebel strong for this one vote. So let's just be sensible here. This is someone who's trying to unite, you know, the tribe. And um, yeah, Flipper might be a, a bit of a stretch in, in, for me personally. I agree. Playing the game, playing the game. And over on the other tribe, we see Caroline and Kitty playing the game as well. Having a conversation about should it be Mark or Alex? Uh, easy decision here. It's Mark, you know. Vote Mark out. <laughs> like, yeah. there's, there's, uh, the Mark relationship I find really interesting. Obviously, Carolyn had that confessional back in episode nine where she was like, "Oh, I've got another plan for Mark." Well, it's only taken a one episode episode to realise actually the plan is just to vote him out. <laughs> like, <laughs> there was no holier purpose that he was being saved for. And I'm going to get a little bit on the uh, Alex train here. So, so apologies, Alex, friend of the pod. Um, I, I don't think he's good at this game. I don't think he's a good survivor player. No one likes him. He has no alliances. He is clearly the person's keep. <laughs> Am I wrong? <laughs> Am I blinded by hate? This is this was the easiest decision. Why are we even having this conversation? Vote out Mark. I mean, Kelly was his first correct vote. <laughs> so... <laughs> Oh, that's so damning. <laughs> oh. I just, yeah, I just think you have to get rid of Mark because I think the thing that Caroline pinpoints is really important, which I agree with, is the fact that she needs to be able to control the narrative around the viola boot so that the rest of the OG Titans don't flip against her and Kitty. So I think being able to get rid of Mark and like speak her own story is really important to her game at this point. So. I think it's an easy option. Yeah, yeah I think Mark is... I'm, I'm a huge Mark fan. I think he is one of the better players in the in the, in the season. I think the season is littered with great players, Mark being one of them for sure. Um, and you, you've if you've got an opportunity to take someone like that down who can easily waltz to the end and has a great story behind him, great communicator, can charm a jury, no doubt. Um. You've you've kind of got to take that shot, don't you? And then you've got Alex there, who um, is a potential number for you. You know, um, who can work with you? Who's who's been since the Rebels' first tribal is trying to find his people, I guess. And you can offer him that avenue, and he'll he'll take it with open arms. So I totally I'm totally with you, Joe. Um, as much as it pains me because I, I really want Mark to do well. Um, you, you 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 should take your shot while you have a chance, you know. Especially before, you know, before the tribes have merged and he has an opportunity to, to you know, consolidate his forces. You kind of need to take that shot. Yeah, and it 
I think it's that half-heartedness that kind of burns them and and even in wanting to kind of control the narrative which which I agree that is a great thing that they want to do when they get in episode 12 to kind of the feast they they don't even make use of that opportunity to control the narrative they tell the truth and like screw themselves in the process with with Valeria um I think Mark is so dangerous. I, yeah, I love yeah. what you said there, Doug. Him in a merge scenario, I, I think he's set for a really strong run. Um, oh, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. And, pick, picking up, so picking up those votes that are just looking for a home, you know, and um, pitching that story like, "Look, I've been burned by X, Y, and Z. Let's all come together and really steer the ship and uh, and um, get some revenge." You know, it's it's uh, it's an avenue for him, I think, and. Um, Hell of a swimmer as well. I mean, I may add. <laughs> Goodness me, jealous. You know, on, on day one of Survivor UK, we, I, I'm a terrible swimmer. Could just disclaimer: I'm a terrible swimmer. And um, first day of Survivor UK, we jumped off that barge and swam to shore, and was absolutely crapping my pants. I wish I was a good swimmer then because <laughs> it gave me a lot more confidence. You know. But yeah, big big Mark fan. Um, yeah, I really hope he does well. I'm, I'm, I'm convinced it's because he doesn't have a hair on his body that allows him to like glide through the water. <laughs> hair resistant. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Is the um, I don't know if you guys are big uh, Kim Possible fans, but you know the uh, the naked mole rat. What, the mole rat. <laughs> yeah. Oh, follow us on Instagram. We're definitely going to Photoshop Mark's head onto Kim Possible's <laughs> naked mole rat. <laughs> Uh, I think the big issue for Caroline here is the fact that Valeria is in is in Kirby's alliance, and her whole plan is to use Rihanna to get into Kirby's alliance. So, I think Caroline and Kitty are very much on the out as a result of not being able to get rid of Mark here. And really interesting as well that Eden is not being featured in these conversations. Eden has, Eden has become the supporting character to Caroline and Kitty's, I suppose, driving the middle-aged mafia and making a lot of those decisions. Really interested to see kind of how that plays out post-merge, if Eden's going to try and take back a little bit of control, maybe. But at this point, we kind of we go to an immunity challenge. And Doug, I want to pick your brain on this. In this kind of environment, obviously the challenge is there's a giant pyramid. It's an endurance challenge where they have to hold on. What is it that kills you? Is it the heat? Is it the pain? Is it the boredom? Like it's definitely not boredom. Uh, <laughs> the ch- you know the challenges. The, the we did a lot of challenges which lasted well over an hour. Um, they fly in. You know you're you're not you're not um, you're not uh, doing these challenges and thinking time's moving slowly. They actually go quite quickly. Heat is a huge factor. It, when we were in Dominican Republic, forty degrees was sort of commonplace. They're tough. This is this is a tough one, you know. Uh, you could just tell looking at, in the eyes of these competitors. Jaden, you know, absolute unit. Um, he was struggling. You know, this is a, it's a forearm burner. This one for sure. It was. This is a great challenge. You know what? I'm, what I'm thinking. I'm always comparing this season to Heroes versus Villains. That Heroes versus Villains was is one of my top seasons I've ever seen. I I absolutely loved that season. I think what Heroes versus Villains has. Um, over Titans versus Rebels is potentially the challenges. I think I think a few of these challenges have been hit or miss for me. Um, I think I think there was one a few weeks ago where it was like, it was like a dodgeball where you were standing <laughs> yeah. on two. Uh, it was for immunity as well. I'm pretty sure where you had to you had to throw them at uh, uh, somebody standing in like a tower. 
Oh, this is kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if you guys thought the same, but uh, this was actually a really good challenge. I like this one. I like uh, endurance challenges are great to watch. You know, they're, they're very good, and especially ones which um, which aren't built for the big guys. Um, and uh, you have you have people like Alien doing really well, Rihanna doing really well. This to me was a huge improvement over Guttable. Like you know, I'll take this ten times out of ten. And I really like that you saw Kitty doing well, you saw Eileen doing well, you saw Rihanna doing well. It's that type of challenge where the non-beefy, meaty people um, really, really excel, Matt. Yeah, I was I was very, very happy that Eileen managed to pull this one out here. I just thought it was a great moment for her. And yeah, I like the fact that the, the team sort of like crowded around her and like celebrated it rather than just being like... Yeah, you saved yourself. (laughs) One more day. One more day. (laughs) But we get into a mad scramble. And the question is still playing out. Mark or Alex, should we split the vote? Should we not? What about Rihanna? Mark, I think, was really, really good here. I think he played well, Matt, right? Yeah, I think the babysitting thing where he just sort of followed them around literally everywhere. I think that's kind of the only thing he could have done in that situation is literally prevent them from making a plan to vote him out make sure they don't have an opportunity to. And only then he can be sure that he's not going home at this tribal. I mean, but it's, it's funny, kind of the, the confessionals kind of contradicted that. I think in the confessionals, he sort of um, suggesting that it was kind of bridge uh, water under the bridge and everything was all fine. But, you know, it, it, he was doing very well. He was sort of covering that angle and making sure that all conversations, he was sort of present. Yeah, you know, brass tacks, he was in quite a vulnerable position there for sure. For sure, you know. Um, it could have easily gone the other way if it was a proper elimination round, 100%. But um, yeah, he did all he could for sure. I think it's interesting to think about kind of that, that I suppose, blame pie in a way. Because obviously the initial plan split between mm-hmm. Alex and Rihanna suddenly changes and, and suddenly it flips to let's do Mark. And so there's part around, well, actually, how much is Carolyn's fault you know, for not telling people clearly enough, the plan is Mark rather than split between Alex and Ree. And how much is kind of everyone else's fault for, as Jaden says, not getting involved in the strat chat. You know, it, it felt like a lot of people were being very passive in this vote and kind of sitting back and waiting to be told, what should I do? And I'd probably include like Eden and, and Rihanna in that as well as Jaden. Like, it didn't feel like everybody was maybe laser focused on who do we want to get out. It almost was a was a done deal in a way, and I think that contributes to the confusion that comes at tribal council. Yeah, I I think it's one of those things where Caroline's got in her head. Okay, this is the real plan. These people are voting for Mark. These people are voting for Alex and Clay. He plays an idol, but then she's also got to remember what her fake plan is to to split between Rihanna and Alex, and then. She's put that away. She's already told people. And then she can't remember who she's told to vote for who. And then, and then she's just like, oh, no, I'm panicking. So then she has to keep remaking the plan every single time they talk about it because she can't remember who's actually meant to be voting for anyone. Yeah, don't blame Jamie for being confused. And in Tribal Council, you know, we just see that play out even more. The whispers start early. Who are we voting for? What's the plan? Can we just give a little bit of credit to Eden's line? about JLP, I see you're not wearing long sleeves. So we know there's no tricks up them. (laughs) (laughs) Chef's kiss. (laughs) Um, But we do find out, again, really quickly, this is going to be, as you mentioned, Matt, another non-elimination. No no one's going home tonight. 
Um, instead, you're voting people who will then draw rocks and it will decide who will go over to the other tribe. What was your take, Doug, on kind of the the conversation that happened? Who do you think should have been excited to go? Or do you think all of them should have been like, no, not me. I don't want to be the person who, who potentially leaves. Um, Rihanna should have been very excited. She should have been chomping at the bit to get out of there. <laughs> Alex, you know, I, I think he's kind of between a rock and a hard place between both tribes, unfortunately. Yeah, the only person I probably could have seen who this might have benefited is Rihanna. Mark, I don't know. I think Rihanna's a certain for me. Don't think anyone else potentially, no. Possibly Mark, but Rihanna certainly. I think definitely any chance where you can get back to Kirby, you're 100% right. She should have jumped on that and she should have been pushing that hard. The Mark one, if if it was a normal tribal council, I think Mark is right to make the call not to put himself forward. But there was that scene where they were confirming who the vote is and it went all the way down to Rihanna, then all the way back up and it stopped before it got to Mark, at least based on what we saw in the edit. When you're kind of not in that conversation around the whispers, for me, that would have been the sign or maybe something's happening here. That's actually quite funny as well because in the edit, it almost suggested that Jaden put the vote, vote onto Mark and got confused even even with the twist. I was expecting Mark's name to get read as a mistake <laughs> potentially <Yeah>. at the end. <laughs> You know, Mark, Mark. You know, thinking about it now, Mark could have gone over there. I think Ferris is a big Mark fan. They they seem to chat quite a lot of ch- challenges. You know, mm. I think they have kind of a cross tribal understanding, and he could have bolted onto that alliance. But then again, you're going. To, you'd probably go to Valeria, I guess, in the first instance, wouldn't you? Yeah, maybe not. Maybe not. I think it's just a Rihanna. Rihanna would be. This would be good for her only potentially. The reason I think it's a bad decision for Mark to try and go across is because Charles just been voted out. And although, like, that could be for any reason, like, there is a risk that the Titans are now just going to get picked off one by one. So although he's got the Val connection and potential Ferris connection, like, as far as he knows, he could go straight back out the door if he if he goes over to the other tribe. Yeah, yeah great shout. Yeah, whatever his perception of why Charles left is huge. I think the only sort of part I would counter that with is that the immunity challenge, they were told... Well, the only reason it was Charles is because only three people voted. And so I know that's a hard read in the moment, but I think he should be able to make that. Maybe I'm just being too mean, though. <laughs> <laughs> I just think players, though. You nearly at the merge. Just get there. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Objectively, this non-elimination, though, uh, good thing, bad thing. I mean, yeah, I guess, you know, it's, it's, I, I'm, not, I'm not a big fan of non-elimination episodes at all. Um yeah, my my two main issues with non-elimination episodes. Firstly, I just think it drops the momentum off, and it's, it's hard to to keep the season going once you've just been like, okay, no one's going home. And secondly, I think it it makes the episode around the non-elimination uh, just it makes it harder to edit because they don't want to give away too much in terms of if this setup happens again, who would actually end up going home. They don't want to sort of spoil any of the, the relationships or the things that might have happened there. So they kind of have to play it a bit coy as to what's actually going on. And I think this episode's narrative like suffers as a result of that because it's just a bit confused. And then the whole, the setup of the whole will Jaden vote the right way thing when they're not even going to vote anyone out and it doesn't pay off anyway. I think it's just, it lends itself to a bit of a messy episode in my opinion. Yeah. 
One of the things I found really, really interesting moving away from the non-elimination is in the extended tribal scene that we see, we get to see Alex's voting confessional where he sort of writes down Riri's name, but he actually says he wants to go over to the other tribe. And I was just like, mate, that was not in like the original edit of like the main show. But in his individual voting confessional, he was like, yeah, I hope I get that blue rock and I hope I go over there. And and that was the part to me that just felt like, oh, the narrative's even more messed up that we've been shown then. Because we've been shown he doesn't know, he's nervous. But in reality, both him and Riri wanted to go over. It's mind blowing. <laughs> yeah. But ultimately, they draw rocks. Alex leaves for the Titan. And both him and Rihanna are in crappy positions. But we do get that beautiful, beautiful reunion that we've all been waiting for. <laughs> oh, man. And it kicks off episode 12. Can, can I just ask, actually, just really quickly as well. Kelly is about to do a ceremony for her son's birthday. And um, as a proud dog lover yourself, Doug, as a man who's <laughs> created an Instagram page for his dashings, <laughs> do you celebrate your dog's birthday? Is this a, a big thing in your family? Right. Um my partner Tutu will be listening to this. She's a big fan of the pod, and yeah, I mean, she Tutu loves our dog Dash. I love our dog Dash, and I I would celebrate Dash's first birthday, but Tutu celebrated Dash's six month birthday last week. <laughs> 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 We're taking it to uh, that sort of extreme. So I guess yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's okay. Proud parents, every milestone. Proud parents, yeah, yeah. Gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Joe. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> if you're listening, we, we've edited out the part where Doug says he doesn't actually enjoy celebrating. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> cool. But Kelly, Alex, brilliant to see the two of them butting heads again. And, and Matt Ferris loved it as well. He was, he was calling for blood. <laughs> Paris's face in the background while they were like immediately going at it. He just could not believe it. I think it kind of it works in his favour as well, gameplay wise though, because it kind of takes some of the heat off him. And obviously, we, as we see, the result of Kelly being Kelly is that that she ends up going home somehow, despite being in the the original majority of this episode. So, I think it. Yeah, definitely have many reasons to be enjoying the, the drama. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a part for me, and it happens later when Alex says, like, he loves watching people dig Kelly out. Like, flipping egg, why do these two hate each other so much? Like, <laughs> I, 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 was, I totally agree. I mean, that's what he said that at the Tribal Council, I'm pretty sure, is what you're talking about, Joe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I don't know. Just clashing personalities, you know, chalk and cheese. Yeah, funny to watch, but um, <laughs> crossing the line, I don't know. Crossing the line, potentially. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love the part when um, they were celebrating her son's birthday and she mentioned that he was good at maths. And I was like, maybe she sees like Alex as a, as a pseudo child. I thought maybe they'd bond over him being a maths teacher, but no. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that ceremony for her son. Happy birthday, Kelly's son. Great to be 18. Well done. But that was that was unhinged. It looks more like yeah. a like a day of the dead funeral possession yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> the flowers and <laughs> pushing the fiery boat out to sea <laughs> <laughs> we know that it was um pegleg's birthday while he was out there did yes. you guys celebrate pegleg's birthday yeah we did we had a little um a little celebration at lenena um i remember actually um actually because uh, we won a snorkel set at the first reward challenge as part of the fishing gear 
I wonder, hopefully still got him. I managed to um, dive and get him a, a nice shell from the, the short shore as a wee birthday present for him that we gave him as, as a Lenena shell. But yeah, we did. We did. We had a, a little uh, a little celebration for him. And that was a really special day because we obviously won immunity that day and he did really well on that balance beam, which was completely spoiled by the trailer to the season. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so for this episode, we get a Kirby versus Kelly storyline set up. Uh, obviously, Kelly decides that she wants to flip on the Kirby's alliance based on the fact that Kirby wants to target Raymond. What did you think about the moves made here, Doug? Do you think that Kirby could have probably targeted someone else instead of Raymond to, to placate Kelly, or do you think she played it right? No, I think I, I think B. I think Raymond was, I guess, next in line in the, in the sequence of events. Um, yeah, Kelly, I just kind of lost it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I, I was I was I was crazy, you know, she just kinda went rogue. Um it, it very much defines sort of blowing up your game, which is really unfortunate because I really liked Kelly. I thought she could do really, really well. Was sitting in quite a nice position, I thought, if she did a few things differently. But um you know, kind of it's easy to do in Survivor where you let your emotions get the better of you and you forget that it's a game and you don't want to see friends go home and the, the brutalness of Survivor takes control, I guess. Yeah, I, I think Kirby handled it quite well and um, offered her, you know, just kind of reason with Kerry saying, Kelly, like, look, you're in our alliance. We kind of need you here. I mean, when we're targeting Raymond, this is all part of the game. Raymond is a strong player, part of an opposing alliance and sort of reminding her of the mechanics of the game. But um, mm. it kind of fell on deaf ears, unfortunately. Yeah, I, I, I do think that Kelly, if Kelly wasn't Kelly, <laughs> you know, if she wasn't like absolutely <laughs> mental, I do think she's right. Like in this environment, why the hell would you target Ray over Ferris? I understand it from Kirby's perspective because she wants the shield of look at Ferris over there. We still need to go after yeah. him. But from everyone else's perspective. Surely Ferris is the right move to get someone out here rather than targeting Ray, who's who's not giving a huge amount and will actually probably be a number for these guys, like after it happens. Um I wonder if I wonder if I mean Ferris has that public idol, I guess. Yeah, true. Um yeah, I, I if yeah, if I was Kirby, I would I would probably try and dismantle another one of his numbers at this stage, so close to merge. The idol's not going to get played for Raymond. I, I wouldn't think Ferris would play for Raymond. Oh, yeah, I totally agree with that. Yeah, I, don't, yeah, I think you'd, yeah. you'd rather take that number away at this stage, which is a kind of a, a safer elimination of the opposing alliance um, than try to take a shot at Ferris, and you could be a victim of collateral damage, potentially. I do think, like, from Kelly's perspective, though, I think it was the right move to try and save Raymond. Obviously, I think she should have gone about it completely differently, but I do think that that relationship was important to Kelly's game in terms of having that link to the other side and also having someone that she felt like she could trust and did actually like her. I think she was probably a bit too forceful in it. Have you seen online, there's been some theories about potentially Kelly wanting out after her son's birthday? And missing him at home and then being like, oh, I'm just going to blow up my own game. <laughs> I saw that, yeah. I think that's probably giving her too much credit. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe she did. Maybe she did blow up a game because she wanted to be home with her son. I don't know. It's. Uh, it, I think she's just really guided by a sense of right and wrong. And 
it's quite interesting to see that if she was that close to Raymond, I suppose thinking back to episode 10, you would have thought in a 3-3 split, one of the key things that could have happened is if um, if Kelly defected then, then they would have could have won that. They could have been a 4-3-2. They could have been the people taking forward the majority, at least yeah. for that vote. So it's just interesting that she's chosen to flip so late when it's it's not really as meaningful, maybe. Um, or at least she didn't recognise in the 3-3, if I flip now and protect Ray, I'm in a better position. Felt felt bad for her, though. She was definitely ganged up on by by Winner and uh, Valeria. <laughs> yeah, by literally everyone at every point in the season. <laughs> they really did, yeah. It's, it's, the OG Titans were really kind of going at her throughout that entire episode. You did, you did feel bad for her, but she, 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 she held her own very well, you know. And, yeah. you know, she's, she's clearly got a huge heart and... Um, I think she's a lovely lady, you know, in general. It yeah. seems like a, just a lovely character. Um, yeah, a big yeah. fan. Yeah, probably not going to be my psychologist of choice. You know, when I, <laughs> when we eventually hit that Better Health uh, sponsorship, I don't think we'll be promoting <laughs> Kelly's services. <laughs> but lovely lady. <laughs> okay, that takes us really nicely then into the summit meeting. I got terrified when I saw them walk in and there was just a box. I was like, holy hell, don't tell me this is merged. Don't tell me it's another tribe swap. But yeah. I think what we got was even weirder. You know, the decision to either have a scroll that directly leads to an idol or to go and eat lunch together. And Matt, you text me like straight away, like 15 minutes in, maybe they're trying to help Ferris again. (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, like, I don't mind that the idea of of this twist, you know, I like the idea of choosing the, the social or the strategic side of the game. I did have a few qualms with how they set it up especially after so many twists have already taken place this week but also i thought skipping ahead a little bit but when they get back to the camp the idol clue is like it's basically five meters away from you yeah. <laughs> like come on make him do something for it ferris it is in your bag oh man yeah that was really tough that was was, i can't remember what the um i think the og titans one was it's it's in the tree where your torches are watch out for the prickles like the most specific (laughs) oh man just really quickly right there are a lot of idols in the game like I think this is number eight and nine, I want to say. Really? Yeah. Yeah, it's insane. Wow. I, 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 I have to go back and double check my maths, but I think there's only been six days where someone hasn't had possession of an idol. <laughs> like, it's... That's a lot of idols. Yeah. I mean, traditionally, I guess, um, in Australian Survivor, two, two in rotation at all times. Has there, been, has there been has there been more than four in rotation? I don't think there has. No, I don't think so. I think I think the closest you get is I think there's three when Dave goes gold and Gordon has two, and I think there's another one somewhere. But yeah, what what did you think, Doug, about um, Ferris's decision to not take the idol for himself 
but to try and get someone else to try and get Alex to take the idol. Interesting. You know, this is this is a really really interesting call. What I think my first thought was, you know, you've seen the idol. Could you try and could you try and secretly get it? Try and just direct the other two members away, and then try and secretly grab it. Um, and just say you can't find it. You know, would would that be a better option? Uh, agree with Ferris. Having another public idol, having two public idols, is just it's putting the, that is making that target on your back twice as big. But I think I would have maybe tried to get it for myself, hoping that nobody else sees it. Yeah. You know, I would have thought. Which, which felt like it could have been quite easy, considering the fact that Alex and Eileen are pretty much blind and, yeah. you know, <laughs> devoid of any sense of <laughs> awareness. Yeah, or if you, if you had, if Ferris had got that secretly, you could then pass that on to somebody and then throw them under the bus discreetly in some sort of clever way. Um, yeah, I would have tried to get possession of it. Very, very secretly, though, not publicly. Mm. And and I think as well, the decision to choose Alex over Eileen is really interesting because I get on one hand, yes, you want to make Alex the target, but surely having Eileen, who you have a lot more trust with, is it's more beneficial to have those two idols in your alliances, Matt. Um, yeah, I think both, both of those are very valid points. I personally like what Ferris did. Um, I just thought it was smart how it played out in the grand scheme of things. Like, if he doesn't go to Kirby and Scott and say, Alex found that idol. Like, if he says, oh, I don't know who found that idol. Do they feel comfortable to go through and just vote out Kelly? Maybe not. Maybe they do think we need to split the vote or something. So I thought it was a very small way of building trust. I do think, realistically, Alex has nowhere else to go. So that idol is still sort of under Ferris's control. So... I quite liked how he did it. I thought it played out well for him. Yeah. And on the other side, Riri finding the idol, I thought really good. I was glad she found it, to be honest, over a Mark or Eden. Um, and think that's going to have big repercussions, I think, playing out sort of down the line, a couple of episodes time, maybe. Um, Eden looked gutted, though. <laughs> like That was like his wet dream, and it just like it just didn't happen. <laughs> Yeah, I think re-getting it is probably the most <clears throat> exciting outcome for the show in terms of now Kirby's side has an idol in play as well. I just think that's probably the most build-up that we can get for later on. Cool. Let's let's talk about the meal then. So the meal, lovely meal, big steak, Jaden's digging in. Uh, she wastes no time in joining back up with Kitty and telling every secret that she's ever heard <laughs> to Kitty. Um, particularly when uh, Kirby's standing right next to her, she's still saying, <laughs> Kirby is the leader, we need to get her out. <laughs> Balls of steel, or just like, no self-awareness, I'm not sure. <laughs> it's, it's, a kind of, it's a nightmare if you're, if you're in Kirby's shoes or in that alliance. It's a real nightmare. Self-destruct button. Yeah. Do you know what this reminded me of? You know in um Edge of Extinction Joe at that one tribal where the older woman Julie goes, I'm jumping yeah. and runs over to the other side and sits on someone's lap. That's what this reminded me of. Oh yeah. Yeah, it was it was hardcore, man. It was 
in in that environment as well like where understanding relationships is everything you know that's a lot to give away when the two tribes merged doug in survive uk how much was kind of shared about dynamics and who was where was it all very guarded or were there a couple of rats on survive uk it was it was really interesting um for me especially and i guess because we myself pegleg lawrence and nathan coming over as as only four we arrived into an old lanena and it, it was completely split in half um and that was where all the action was going in terms of chris and ashley um upset with lee that role that kind of rolling onto tanuki and there was a kind of crazy dynamic there where old lanena had kind of exploded um I guess you, you could kind of put two and two together in terms of dynamics, just from observations. You could sort of tell. Um, well, we, well, when I spoke to Nathan coming over, because we'd we'd sort of me and Peg had kind of thrown Nathan a bit of a bone by keeping him in the game, um, and he sort of explains to us, "Look, I have some people over there. I have uh, Tanuki and Matthew. Okay, this is we could maybe sort of use this potentially, and then if not." I said to Peg, if not, then we still have our old Lenenins that we can rely on. We still have the numbers anyway. Unfortunately, the Lenenin kind of split in half completely and it didn't work out for myself. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there was conversations going on all over the shop. And uh, I, I, feel, I like to think that I had a good understanding on what kind of what factions had split in that merged tribe. And Nathan was, Nathan was quite critical in that. He sort of explained to me a lot of the Calton dynamics. Um, mm. And I guess we we merged eleven players. It was as many as what we've got here, fourteen. Um, there was a lot of Lenenins, and I thought I knew what was going on with Lenena. But um, I was actually in quite quite a, a fortunate position where I got on with near nearly everyone in the game at that point, um, and I had a lot of options kind of presented to me. So I kind of knew the dynamics, but I just I chose the wrong side, unfortunately, um, and didn't sort of act when I should have. But uh, but that's good though that kind of that information helped you figure out where do I want to try and position myself, who do I want to align myself with, and, yeah. and I think for Kitty and Caroline that's going to be really important that they have some time to kind of think through if they're the leader, where the split's going to be, who's on the bottom, and and maybe just gives them a short advantage come merge around who do I need to have those initial conversations with that are going to give me the biggest return. Matt, how, how did you feel about Kirby's kind of reaction? She was clearly ticked, like. She was wigging out hard. Yeah. I mean, I think Kirby's in a fortunate position there where it doesn't really matter how she reacts. Like, she has her numbers. She can either choose to put up with Kelly or she can choose to get rid of her. And it's kind of up to her and how she wants to play it. It was an unusual emotional breakthrough for Kirby, I'd say. She's kind of stopped fully playing with her head. But I do think strategically as well, it was at that point she realised, okay, I can't control Kelly whatsoever. So. I think it was kind of pushed her over that line. Yeah, I think I think with Kirby as well because I think she is a she's a coach of a sports team. I think is I don't know if it's if it's rugby or Aussie. Yeah, rugby. AFL. Yeah, yeah. and um, coming from that sort of team mentality and um, you know that sort of dynamic where you, I guess you have an alliance with your teammates and battling the opposition, you you can feel I guess a bit more peed off if. You know, you are, I guess, betraying 
your own team. So that could have certainly came into it where you're coming from a background of working together as a unit um, and with um, your tribe mates or teammates. Yeah. Yeah, I really like that take, and you're right. Something there definitely about she's been so bought into this is the alliance for that to flip really, really suddenly. You know, that's got a sting. And I think it is kind of the final nail in a way for Kelly um, that just kind of cements, you know, she's not going to be staying around for long. Um, we then move into the immunity challenge, which is over pretty pretty damn quick. <laughs> this is brutal. Yeah, this was, uh, I don't know what's worse, like losing like this or losing like in episode 10 with Jaden storming back from behind. But I think uh, broad strokes, challenges to put the balls in a hole. Um, <laughs> so. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, some good rounds here. Some great fun moments. Jaden, I've done that move to my kids, my two girls, where you just take one of them in each hand and then you just pancake them. That's <laughs> just like... <laughs> um, and obviously Mark, the naked mole rat, gliding through the water. <laughs> um, but let's, let's just get in straight into the scramble. That's cool. I think that's where the fun part happens. Obviously, we get the whole the Kelly plan where everyone's just going to poll their votes on Kelly. Then we have Kirby's plan where she wants to try and get Alex and Ferris to play their idols. And then we also have the other side of it where Ferris is like, should we do something else with this vote? And I think for me, it was really hard because I, I can't tell whether Kelly's issues that she presents are immediate or not. So for me, I felt like Ferris's side missed a huge opportunity to just snipe someone out of the game there. And I think it could have been in their best interest because realistically, even if they stick with Kirby's group to the merge and then maybe they get rid of a few Titans and then but they're not going to get rid of Rihanna and then suddenly they're in the bomb again and they're completely outnumbered. So I don't really know long-term what their plan is. And for me, you know, getting rid of a couple more numbers might have been helpful. What was your read, Doug? You look really ponderful. Yeah, this is an interesting one. That's a good point by Matt. Yeah, I mean, it's just when you're dealing with a sort of a, such an erratic kind of player who can kind of let you down at a drop of a hat. I mean, who would who would who would want to work with someone like that? You know, I think for players, I mean, I guess you you within an alliance, you'll have players at the bottom more towards the bottom of an alliance and these are the players who would want to possibly push the Kelly vote at this stage um to buy them more time in the game because I guess there is a chopping block and there's a hierarchy there on, on both sides of it. So you'd want to push that regardless. Um yeah I, I don't know about this one. It's 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 a tricky one. It is a tricky one, you know. Um damage potentially was done earlier in the episode, earlier, a couple a day or two ago, I don't know what the timeline is potentially where you just can't work with someone like that Yeah, I, I would massively agree, I think I'm usually a big advocate for keeping the crazy people around because they're easier to beat at the end, but this for me felt like the rare exception where especially seeing at kind of the summit meeting that they are actively going to the other side and might flip on you it felt like the right read that it was kelly's time i was more blown away with the ferris the ferris angle that he was so willing to partner back up with kirby and target kelly 
Like that's the part that really blew my mind because he he knows he's next. You know, getting rid of a number doesn't help you at this stage. Um, it just it just buys you another day. And I think there were a couple of people that said, you know, just another day throughout these three episodes. And and that mentality, I just think, yes, maybe it's helpful. You know, one more day, things could change. But also, you know, you got to play in the present right now. Um, and for Ferris, I think it was an opportunity to take out someone big if he played it the right way. What do we think of uh, Kelly trying to get Raymond to find an idol for her? <laughs> is, that, is, is that a strategy that quite, you've ever employed? Strange, yeah, it was, that was quite strange. I, was Raymond even I, like? Was he even searching? <laughs> yeah. No, he was doing that jest search. <laughs> you know, yeah. poked around in a tree a bit. <laughs> One tree. Yeah, I, I mean, again, again, this kind of adds another layer to the. I don't want to say unraveling, but you know the demise, I guess, or the kind of approaching the the final nail in the coffin for for Kelly. Where there's another another kind of not strange decision, but a, a odd odd part of the game um, for her. I, I don't know. I don't know if she was aware that she was definitely going, or you know, I don't. I don't know if she had a handle on where the votes were going to go at that time, but it, it was quite strange, I think, for me. You've you got to be pretty pretty confident in production that you know there are two idols in play to also think there's going to be a third idol. Yeah. Like that's, <laughs> that's, that's a pretty big assumption, to be fair. Like, not, not one I'm not sure I'd make. Like, <laughs> I think It's the fact that she just says it to him and then walks off as well. <laughs> You do this for me. I love that Ray did it and then just sat down. He just like, <laughs> like screw you, Kelly. This is oh man, crazy stuff. Um, I suppose we also have the counter pan, don't we? So the blind side is all set, and then we have Kirby saying, "Should we use this as an opportunity to try and flush Alex and or Ferris's idol?" My read on this was is it was a little bit too late at this point. Yeah, you know, I'm not sure if they did enough legwork leading up to Tribal Council to really sell this is the plan A and Kelly's the plan B. I think they've got a really good read on Ferris because they, she asks, did you speak to Ferris to Scott? And he's like, yes. So he's now paranoid. <laughs> they cut to Ferris being really paranoid. So I like, maybe in that way, it's better that they kept Ferris over Kelly, like better the devil, you know, because Kirby seems to have a really good read on how Ferris is acting. And I think the, the idol flush might have worked, but for me, what really blew it was uh, when Valeria got heated at tribal council and uh, sort of really called out Kelly. Like, in Ferris's mind, she's probably not going to do that if Kelly's still here and she's not going home. So I think that probably alerted... Her. Yeah, I think that probably alerted Ferris to the fact that Kelly was getting all the votes. Yeah, I think I think it, on paper it was a really clever proposal. Um, sort of two birds with one stone or three birds with one stone um, strategy. I think, yeah, I think Ferris was certainly paranoid. You know, the thought crossed his mind to play it, and same with Alex. You know, just it just didn't didn't tip the scales just enough. Didn't didn't put just enough paranoia or fear into them. Kudos for trying. You know, you could have sat back and let that completely play out. You're trying something new, and and it's just Kirby. Kirby's really, 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 really fun to watch. Um, very good player, looking for opportunities. Yeah, that was that was really fun. Valeria's comment, 
out of this world. You, strategic. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's a way to shade someone like in the moment. Um, yeah, it was again just brutal. You know, I just these sort of comments, I just don't think they're warranted. You know, um, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity, and you don't want to. Maybe I don't know. Maybe I don't want to say it was horrible, but I, you know, it could have gone a little bit softer potentially. Yeah, I think it's bad social play as well. Really, like I don't, I don't see how that helps at all in the game or personally. So I don't think. You know, I don't really think it's necessary. Yeah, it's two tribal councils in a row that she's been at when she's done it. You know, she dug out Ferris. Now she's dugging out Kelly. Like, I think she's having a bit of a heel turn, um, Valeria. She's getting a bit more aggressive in the gameplay. I can't wait to see what happens when she has Mark at tribal council. I'm just going to, like, unload on him. Can I ask the question really quickly? The meerkat comment? What? What, yeah. what is a meerkat? <laughs> you know? <laughs> what is a meerkat? <laughs> I think I think Kelly just got the wrong like mammal. <laughs> I think she was going for like followers, a leader and followers, but I don't think meerkats do that. Yeah. I remember watching Meerkat Manor as a young boy, and yeah, you know, meerkats are great creatures. From what that showed, they're very <laughs> strong-willed, and well, there we go, meerkats. That's, yeah. that, that'll be the Spotify question for this week. You know, what is a meerkat? <laughs> Oh, eventually the votes get all red Kelly's voted for winner but everyone else has voted for Kelly Kelly unveils the shocking secret I am a psychologist (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but also forgets her staff a couple of times at the staff torch on the way out a couple of times Um, but we say goodbye to Kelly RIP Matt do you want to do a quick in requiem how will we remember Kelly yeah, I think Kelly's a massive loss for this season. You know, I'm glad she at least lasted the whole of the pre-merge. Uh, a fantastic character, someone that wasn't even over-edited either. Like, I think she got just the right amount of content. Uh, yeah, really enjoyed her presence, and uh, shame we have to see her go. Doug, when there's an AU UK crossover, will Kelly be your go-to alliance member? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Can't get back to me in that one. <laughs> um, do you know? I I I just think Kelly was absolutely brilliant. Such a great character for the show. Um, I thought she she a few episodes ago. If you asked me the question last week, I thought she was sitting in a really nice position potentially, and just sort of it just kind of unravelled, you know. And it, and it can happen. You you can just sort of fall away and just uh, you know just lose 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 a bit of focus and then let emotions get to you but um i really enjoyed watching her i think she, i thought she was really good and uh and yeah i think she'll be missed she'll be missed good on her well, well done kelly i think you did, i think you did really well 100 percent. yeah she made it considering she was the first target the first episode she's done outstanding to make it to the episode before merge she's had great character moments i think that are going to be replayed all the time on top 10 lists and, you know, craziest moments that are even crazier. Yeah, I think she's brilliant. I think she's a lock to come back. Put her in whatever season you want, like Brains versus Brawn versus Beauty. I think she could be in any of those tribes. You know, let's let's go. (laughs) So there we have it. Episode 10, 11 and 12 are in the books. 
Um, and we know that next week it's going to be merge. And Doug's called it already. It's a heavy merge. 14 people. Uh, what do you want to see from the merge episode, Doug? Yikes. We need, we need some more chaos. This is going to be so interesting. I want to get the challenges out of the way quickly. <laughs> and I want... <laughs> All the episodes be focused on a big old scramble and a big old tribal council. No funnies, just a just a flat sort of elimination round. I want to see these big characters come together. I want to see you know someone like Mark and Kirby interacting and just seeing how that dynamic plays out. Eden coming into the mix. I want Valeria to do a bit of digging to see if she can get some sort of revenge. And some of the I guess fringe players, players like Scott. And see see what their sort of master plan is now that there are numbers potentially that they can they can swing if they can sort of form their own sort of alliance for gets their own sort of numbers and try to control this game and knock out some of these big players similar to what happened in the first two weeks of the game where you know big physical players were 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 eliminated. Interesting what Jaden does if he's still going to kind of sit not sit back but kind of come across as being happy for the ride and sort of being told where to vote, if he's going to maybe start making some sort of move, what people are going to make for him. Is he going to get targeted? He's, he's been probably the best, you know, the, the challenge beast of the season, no doubt about it. He's been dominating quite a few things. Is he going to be the merge boot? I don't think he will be. I think he is, he is quite a good shot to go a bit further. Yeah, a lot of interesting avenues to go down. And I'm really, really excited. It's going to be uh, it's going to be good. I wonder if um, I wonder if there'll be two eliminations prior to a jury. You wouldn't have a jury. You'd have a. I guess you'd have if there was a final three. You'd have a nine jury, would you? Potentially. I mean, they could do an eleven if they want. Eleven jury. Wow. Wow. Because US had that one time really? where it was like a nineteen-person jury. Nineteen. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. But it wasn't great though. <laughs> It wasn't, it, wasn't, it wasn't the type of exciting 19 we were like, let's do this again. <laughs> How do you um, think, um, my question to you guys is, you guys watch, you obviously watch tight, um, Heroes versus Villains. How do you think this compares? Do you think, do you have a preference? Do you have which one you sort of prefer over the other? So I love Heroes versus Villains. For me, it is the best season so far of Australian Survivor. I think the one thing that it lacks is a really cutthroat post-merge i think there are some parts in the post-merge where it just sort of slows down a little bit so for me if titans versus rebels has a really good post-merge then i think it will eclipse it i think the pre-merge of titans versus rebels is better than the pre-merge of heroes versus villains with the exception of episode seven of heroes versus villains which is one of the greatest moments of television history (laughs) so so yeah for me in a crazy way I'm I'm on Team Titan um, versus Rebels. Wow! Yeah, don't come at me, uh, Haley, George, all those people. And <laughs> let's be honest, Doug, you, you're very biased because I know you're a Sean. Uh, oh yeah, uh, I, you're a Sean huge, fan. <laughs> huge Sean Hampson fan, and uh, a huge uh, Matt Rogers fan from um, Champions versus Contenders as well. Uh, it's actually my partner, my partner Tutti, who love who loves Sean more than. Life itself. Yeah. He's a huge, big, big Sean fan. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's one we have to we have to watch together occasionally. Nice, love it. 
I, I'm the same with Merge. I want to see in the next couple of episodes the war between Ferris and Kirby. I want to see the war between Mark and Valeria. And just like you, Doug, I'm really interested in those swing people who have relationships on both sides. So Jaden, where he's friends with Kitty and Caroline and with Winner and Valeria, where does he go? You know, I, I definitely want to see Riri. You know, what side does she land on? Um, I'm, I'm assuming that she's just going to join this super Kirby alliance, but that alliance can't be the same as the Caroline Kitty. So all of those people, I'm just interested to see that tension where the people in the middle have to pick a side and just how kind of destructive that's going to be. That would, that would be my, I think, what would save it for me the next couple of episodes. How about you, Matt? Yeah, I think it's interesting. I mean, for me, I would be shocked if the merge boot isn't Caroline or Kitty. I, like, I just think they're kind of screwed now in the position that they're in. Because obviously Valeria is going to stick with Kirby. Mark's probably going to jump over there. Then, you know, Kirby and Ferris haven't voted for each other this round. There's no point voting for each other the next round if they can get another couple of spots further ahead. So uh, I think that's kind of where we're headed in that. I think the Kirby versus Ferris war is probably like the main storyline of the season. And that's why we're getting so much of it. So it's going to be interesting to see who actually wins out in the end. And my prediction is neither of them. (laughs) (laughs) At this point, Doug, who's your winner pick? You know, who are you taking to win the whole game? Oh, yikes. That's such a good question. This is difficult. I've, I just, I've, I've, the more the season goes on, the more I'm sort of getting drawn to Scott as a winner pick, potentially. Um, I know Australian Survivor has a lot of, uh, I think, apart from two seasons, there's only been two male winners, I think. I think the majority of winners of Australian Survivor are female. But yeah, Scott, I think, has got a good chance. Yeah. I think Scott Scott's kind of out in front for me now at the moment. Just the way the, the edits sort of working and the position that he's in, and um, seems like quite a nice guy. And you know, I'd want to work with him if if I was in, in that show. You know, I'm blown away. You chose Scott. That is like, I'm not getting that. I know Matt yeah. is on Team Scott as well. Yeah, but I, I, yeah, okay. that blows me away. Who do you think? I, I well. I don't think I have a good answer, that's to be fair. <laughs> Here's my thing with Scott. I just think Scott has got like no time whatsoever, like of any substance or meaning. And I just think if he was going to be the winner, they'd show us it sooner. I think it's either going to be Valeria, who I think has got a lot of good time and she has the sort of a story arc. Or I actually think Mark. I think something crazy could happen when Mark slips through the cracks. And... Oh, it'd be great to see you win that. I would love, I would love a Mark win. He's just one of my favourites. I think he's just such an interesting character. And just the way he exploded into that first week was just so entertaining. So, so entertaining. He watched the, he watched the UK one as well. He was a big fan of the UK one as well. So I've got a lot of respect oh, really? for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Go on, Mark. If you're listening, I'm, I'm right behind you, bro. <laughs> Have I? Yeah. Oh, sorry. I um, I've got four that I'm looking at potentially as, as the winners. <laughs> So Scott, for the same reasons that Doug said, Rihanna also getting quite a lot of content. Eden, potentially, as someone who kind of under the radar but could work his way through. And uh, who was my other one? I can't remember who the other one was. We'll go with those three. 
Mate, I'd love it. If... Oh, Jaden, Jaden, Jaden. No, shut up, Jaden. Yeah. There's no chance. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wouldn't that be a great winner? <laughs> I would give you such good odds if Jaden was going to win. Like, <laughs> like it's more likely that Leilani would have won than Jaden will win this. Like, it's like <laughs> there's no way. <laughs> oh man. Oh, Matt, you're a wind-up merchant. Like, honestly. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Well, whatever happens, you know, we're super stoked to kind of see it. Uh, Doug, you've been awesome. Your knowledge about Survivor, genuinely funny guy. Love it. That's made it sound like you're not, like I thought you weren't. Like, <laughs> we always thought you were, but <laughs> right, champion <Matt>. guy. <laughs> um, uh, thanks, love... thanks for having me. No, you're awesome, man. You know, for all the people who want to follow you, who want to interact with you, you know, see how you're doing, where can they best follow you? Uh, I am on Instagram, uh, Doug Swinbanks. So um, yeah, that's the best place to find me. I'm, I was trying a, a Bebo revival very recently, but it kind of fell on a, fell flat on his face. So um, not to be, if you guys remember Bebo back in the day, you don't. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Oh my <laughs> gosh. This is before MySpace. If you guys remember, how old are you guys? Have interest. <laughs> so I'm at I'm 29. Okay, right. So back in my day, um, before this Facebook nonsense, it was Bebo, which was great fun. Um, but yeah, Instagram for now. <laughs> but if they do want to follow you on Bebo, uh, <laughs> get a time machine, go back to 2006, and uh, sign up on your dial up. Ask, your, ask parents permission, of course, because it takes the phone line away. <laughs> oh, man. If you want to catch some more of Doug, Doug's done some great stuff as well on Survivor Now. He's got a Wicked Exit interview, and he covered uh, last week's Australian Survivor. I should have said this at the start. Awesome coverage there. It was a championship. Really, really good. Uh, Matt, for the people, where can they follow us? Yeah, they can follow us on Instagram at the sit-out bench, all lowercase with full stops in between, and over on X at the sit-out bench. Yeah, and the best thing you can do to make the podcast grow is give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and take the time to send the podcast to someone you love, maybe someone who does know what a meerkat is. Um, <laughs> but from us here at the podcast, see you next time. See you next time, guys. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>